Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I'm your host for today. And our special guest is Mr. Cam Bodwin, and he is the founder of The Frequent Speaker and someone who spent a lot of time doing a lot of different things in business, but most maybe importantly is helping people get found and, and connecting with their audience. And so we're going to talk about all of those things. But Cam, thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Hector. So the context is always important because there's always somebody out there who's going, who the hell is this Cam guy? Give us the context on how you got to where you you know are, and then a little bit about what you're doing with speakers right now. Sure. Have you ever had one of those things that you're like, oh, it's the pandemic. Let me go and learn how to become a speaker. You're like that was the, well, I don't know what yours was. I think I've talked to a lot of people that during the pandemic, we all picked up something that we'd never done before. Mine or like this little hot Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. How'd that work out? Did you get it back after? Or like, no, oh. we're, we're doing strong. We are Great. strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd always been someone who liked stages and being on center of attention. Every speaker I've ever talked to, it's like the real reason you want it is because you just love being center of attention. So I took some speaking courses over the pandemic and I loved it. Like it was awesome. Just shout out to a couple of people. The Speaker Lab was a really big one that did it for me. And I got into the community of speakers. And what ended up happening was I saw that there's this big aversion to the nuts and bolts of the company, like of the business of speaking. And that started to become stuff that I would solve. Like I come from a tech background. I have no problem downloading and installing tools and setting them up. Like that's something that came second nature to me. But especially around the idea of video speaker demo reels. So as marketing materials go, speakers forget that they're content creators and that all content they put out there is, is a piece of marketing material. So what I do is me and my team, we go and grab all that stuff, all that content that people have created, a video, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And what we do is we'll watch all of it and then we'll cut it up into short form content. And then we turn that into, which is essentially a video sales, a VSL, a video sales letter, right? So it's, it's a piece of advertising for speakers so they can send it out to event organizers and get booked to speak. So that's the problem I ended up solving. And it just got the balls started rolling. And every speaker I've ever talked to is like, oh my God, I hate watching 40 hours of my own content to find the best parts. And it's like, I solved that problem with my podcast. So why don't I just take those same skills and apply it to the people? And that's what it is. Yeah. It's a fascinating world that we're living in because I started my first business back in 2009. And it was right at the time where, let's call it all the gatekeepers were going away or all of the barrier to entry was starting to disappear because the internet was starting to grow and, and all these sorts of things. And But even on top of that, even if you had the internet, there was still this awareness problem. Yes, people could find you, but how do you get people to find out about you? And then now with social media and some of these tools, TikToks and Instagram and YouTube, not only is the barrier to entry gone, but also the need to have a promotional or marketing budget or, or like the need to be able to, like the pay to play kind of world has gone away. And I've seen it. I was listening to a podcast with a comic and he got found on these shorts and these little reels. Mm -hmm, Someone mm -hmm. thought it was really funny. His videos blew up and now he's gigging across the country because someone found a reel. Someone yeah. you get a video go viral. And similarly, I would imagine the same types of things are happening for speakers or consultants, whatever, however people are putting themselves out there. Yeah. And you said it really well. It's these like short contents because I'm always comparing. When I talk to speakers, it seems like this is like a light bulb moment for them that they don't realize that 
you're being compared to TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, in any kind of video that you send out there. So what I used to do, and here's my story, is like when I started speaking on stages, I would send out my full length 44 minute keynote presentation when someone would say, hey, do you have any material you can send me so I can understand what you talk about? And I actually speak on disability inclusion and accessibility. That's my niche. I'd send that whole long production to people. And I never got any speaking gigs out of it because no event planner is going to sit there and watch a 45-minute presentation. So when I realized that, why are Reels so successful? Because it's bite-sized content. And that's what people are conditioned to watch these days. It's seven seconds of really hard-hitting stuff. If I can take that long-form stuff and reduce it for somebody else, we've now got a two and a half minute hard-hitting with like really strong points all the way across. And that's what people want to see. They want to see that intrigue. If that's how that person can present, I want to at least talk to that person so that we can hear what they have to say. The challenge is that there are a lot of people who are going, well, I don't like TikTok or I don't like YouTube videos. They're like the old grumpy man on the lawn. The challenge is that even for those people, but mostly for everybody else, it doesn't matter. People's attention spans are shrinking to this. And even for myself, I'm a podcast guy. I like long form stuff. But even on mid form kind of stuff, five, 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, man, this is not quick enough. It's not hitting enough. Exactly. Yep. That's the value of these minute shorter pieces that they hold someone's attention. Unfortunately, however you want to look at it, it's what people are expecting these days. I was watching an episode of Modern Wisdom recently and like the production value of some of the stuff that's out there is just incredible these days. Like I remember when podcasting just started, it was like everyone was just doing it with their iPhones and their iPod and AirPods at the time, just the wired stuff. And that's how it started. And now like the production is so high and Modern Wisdom, the host was talking to Andrew Huberman, I believe it was. And like his shows are two, two and a half hours long. So the content that you get out of it, like he's going so deep into one topic that you can't just have these one, two, three minute clips. I'm sure they happen. Like I haven't gone out of my way to look for it. But what came up in my feed was this 15 minute long. And I'm like, that's what you're using to bring people to your longer form content. And it's, oh, where's the, going to get into marketing. Like, where's your value ladder? What are you giving in the short and then the medium and the long? And it was amazing to me that that was the quality that was produced. And I don't know how we could shorten it up anymore. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chris Williamson. And yeah. Chris out there, I'm trying to get him on my show. So tell him I'm looking for him. But he does do a really good job of, I think that he does exactly what you're saying and that he does find ways to take that two and a half hour conversation. He has those 15 minute clips, but then the 60 second shorts are on my Instagram and my YouTube feed all the time. And, and I would not have found him I would not know who he is without those shorts. I think everybody's scrolling through them. Even my mom the other day was scrolling through reels and it's caught her. And she's a 65-year-old retired woman who doesn't know what a a USB C. Like there's no, to her her level of of comprehension, it doesn't matter for today. It's so prescient. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that that guy? He talks about money a lot. Older guy. He's been doing like a daily podcast forever. You're not Um, talking about Dave Ramsey, are you? Dave Ramsey. See, I didn't, I, I barely had to give any context to do exactly who it was. And like, when you talk of a guy who has been doing this for so long, like a daily show, now he's got a team around it. I was listening to him and my mom was introduced to Alex Hermosi because of him, because they did a swap. They, they each had each other on the podcast and went in the same studio. And Dave Ramsey was talking to this young kid, well, he's 30 years old, young kid, ultra millionaire. And now it's, he's being introduced to people in my mom's age, same age as your mom. So what? <laughs> how is that? How are you? How did you get to introduce him? Oh, Dave Ramsey. She listens to Dave Ramsey every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious for you, if you've not 
on board with this, you've probably clicked off and found something else to listen to. But if you're still listening, you're probably like, yeah, Cam, I got it. I know. I'm addicted to short. I even find myself like just picking up my phone, opening up my feed and starting to scroll mindlessly sometimes. I got to like catch myself, bring it back. So let's say that they're in. But the next question is like, what are some of the things that I might be able to do? Maybe let's start with some of the things to not or some of the mistakes that you see a lot of people making when it comes to short form video. So I follow a lot of like Gary Vee stuff. And there seems to be really this whole split between do you post volume or do you post quality? And I think they both take time to build up. I think the problem is that people start to oscillate between both and they spend a bunch of time, money, effort trying to like make this like super high quality short. And then they post it one time. They're like, oh my God, I just like did all this work. I did all this work. I spent four hours recording this one minute short and it went nowhere. I got one click, right? And the other way, they like chop up this long form piece of content. And I, I see speakers do this a lot. They take this like long form piece of content and they get a VA, they get their cousin, they get their nephew to go and cut this up a bunch. And the nephew, he's putting like crazy emojis everywhere because that's what they think that the market wants. But then, then that doesn't work either because you're posting 10 times a day and you get no traction with that either. I think what the goal here is that you just got to stick with one and not get, don't worry about the metrics, don't worry about the numbers, don't worry about all that kind of stuff. Because I talk to speakers who are, because I will give people their short form content back. I've clipped it all up. I use that in their demo reel. I'm like, hey, here's a value add for you. You can use this however you want. And they've come back to me now and said, okay, I, I used much of the short. What should I do now with them? I posted all of my 15. Now what? I'm like, well, ask yourself, what are you hoping to get from this? Well, I didn't get any gigs from it. Well, yeah, because I think that short-form video has a different goal than long-form video. I think short-form video is much more of that really top of funnel stuff. We were just talking about it, right? And I've followed music teachers based on their short-form content. There's the song Roxanne. There's this music teacher who was talking about this remade, this cover of the song Roxanne done by a couple of guys who I don't know. But anyway, he was like reviewing it. And it was like one minute of his 20 minute show. And I think if we think about it more like your short form content leads to the medium or long form content, the long form content leads people to your ecosystem, like your marketing funnels, your newsletter, stuff like that. Then the newsletter brings people like it just leads people down. So that's where I see your short form content. And Beyond that, the demo reel that we create, that's exactly what it's for. It's to create that interest and desire and intrigue of like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Like, that's its only purpose. I think people treat it like it should be something different. They do. They think that they're going to close a high ticket coaching client off of a 60 second reel. Um, it doesn't work like that. They're expecting the, the wire transfer to come in off of the reel. And no, it doesn't. And I think that you mentioned the volume and, and quality kind of conversation. And I think that's a, a big thing that people just don't give enough time to, myself mm -hmm. included, because it's frustrating. You're not getting the results that you want, or you get, you see some success, a, a video does well and gets some results, and then the next one doesn't. And so now, like, for some reason, that's almost like worse. Like it, it, yeah. that, that like feels defeating once you've had a little success. And the unfortunate side is that like the algorithms are doing that on purpose. They're like seeding you with that. They're like giving you a little dopamine hit so that they can get you to come back and, and produce consistently. And, and I don't think enough people get through that phase where they're past that consistency or they're able mm -hmm. to build up some sort of cadence. I think a lot of people treat 
all content creation like a chore. I think it has to be flipped. I think it's part of your marketing slash advertising strategy now. But if shorts don't work for you, let me give you a bit of mine as, as a business owner, what I've started to do. I hate writing. Like I despise writing. Like I use ChatGPT liberously because I just sitting down and writing a few paragraphs is, is torture. That's not torture, just turning on the camera and talking to a camera. In fact, I'm liking talking to a camera now more than getting up on stage and talking, which is super weird. I went to a speaker's conference the other day and a few of us were called up on stage to talk and I just got all hammed up in front of everyone. I'm now doing more virtual conferences than anything else and I was just getting so clammed up, I couldn't even talk. But then I turned the camera, oh, hey, it's Cam, just talking to a frequent speaker, here's a tip. And I love doing that and I can find short form content in there. So I think it's do what is the most, is it has the least friction. And if you love doing editing, I know people who love editing, like love it. If you love editing and you want to do that stuff, just focus on that release like one or two per day, per week, stick it out with that. If you are just some person who likes being in front of the camera, just do that. So Kim, I think you brought up a good point a little while ago about the fact that you need more. And so I know it's not necessarily maybe what what you're doing, but if someone goes, yeah, Kim, like I'm in, I want to do short form video, like what else, what other components might they need to have in place to make sure that is converting? Or what are some of the other things that the downstream stuff that might actually turn a reel, a TikTok into some revenue? Well, where are you sending people? That's the biggest thing. And we're all used to the click up, subscribe, all that kind of those gimmicks. I, I don't know how else to call them. I think they're I think they're like gimmicks. We go on YouTube and we see that we expect it now. But are you really giving value? on the short term content too? Like, are you just telling a, like a random story or something like that? Because there's one thing for you to be the dancing weatherman and he creates a whole bunch. But there's another thing for you to be an expert in anything. Let's just say you're a lifestyle coach. Are you actually like getting on camera and talking about a situation? Are you giving some kind of a value and not really asking anything in return? Going back to what we said previously, I think people are they're waiting too much. They're almost too desperate for the, I gave value. I put three things on online and nobody's called me up yet. And you're like, yeah, try 30, try 60, try 100 and don't expect anything back. Because if we compare this to the real world, if, if you go to a conference and you meet somebody, shake their hand and you say, hey, I'm Cam. I do speaker reels. Great. The so next person, hey, I'm Cam. I do speaker reels. And you walk away from the conference. I'm at 20 people. No one gave me their phone number. Well, yeah, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game like every other part of your marketing slash sales funnel as is. So are you giving value? And are you trying to direct people anywhere? And these are like old school marketing tips. Like when you think of like direct mail, like one of the oldest, like door knockers, right? What would happen at that was like, they would try and send you somewhere else. If you want this package, this deal and this piece of direct mail, you gotta go, you gotta call us to get the next piece. And are we sending people there? Are you doing that kind of work? What's in your summary? What's in your captions? So it's like value and then call to action. And I don't think a lot of people get that yet. They're just like repurposing and then throwing it up on TikTok. And Well, yeah. And I made the mistake of being consistent and then wondering, why isn't this converting? Why isn't anything happening? Only to realize that even if they were interested in finding out more about me, I had no way to allow them to do that. My link in my bio was not updated. We call it breadcrumbing, but all of the crumb path was not there. So they like the video and they're like, okay, great. And they move on. We don't, I don't have a, a way for them or an easy way, an accessible way for them to take whatever that next step is in the customer journey. Right. And I've heard of things like you have to ask people, don't ask people every episode or every clip. What is it like every four or five, you should say, Hey, by the way, check my LinkedIn bio because people don't really like that when you 
keep reminding them, go to like my link in bio. You're, it's like you're begging almost. I, all have, I, this, this might be like a specific kind of tactical question, but I've seen a lot of videos, a lot of reels where they'll do a quick intro and they'll say, and by the way, I'm Hector Santhi Esteban. I'm a podcast producer and, and I help people launch, grow and, and monetize a podcast. And then they go boom right back into the video. Do you like those little intros in the video or does that hit your radar? What do you think about something like that? I love those. I think that's the best format. There's like a hook story call to action kind of format. And I follow that same kind of pattern in in everything you do. If you're recording a VSL, you should do it that way. If you're on a sales call, you should be like, if you got to create a hook and you introduce yourself, you tell your story and then give some tips, some value, and then get people to go somewhere, call to action or skip the call to action. Wait a couple of times, then, then do your call to action after that. I do that all the time. I'm always starting off my episode. I give a little intro. I give a hook. I throw out a hook there, see who's going to bite. And then I give my intro. I'm Cam. I help speakers get more gigs through video demo reels. And I give Is my content. anything that's surprised you when it comes to this stuff or things that you've tried out that you didn't think would work, ended up working, or off the wall stuff that you just did as an experiment that you ended up keeping around because it just worked? So I think the world is where we look at the Alex Ramoses, you look at the Gary V's, you look at the people who are just crushing content. And we're talking the coaches, the business, I'm not talking about people who dance up online. You look at these kind of guys and when they give tips on how to do content, they're still giving tips to themselves at their level, right? They're talking to themselves from six months a year ago. I'll give a perfect example. Recently, I was watching Alex Ramosi and he was talking about what I would do to make money or what I would do to create content in 2024 if I was starting. We have to remember that these big creators, they've been doing it for so long and they've got so much clout in what they do that to follow them exactly, it's you're a different person. It's totally different. So it's like you got to go and get your beats. You got to go and just go up at bat. And I think that's the biggest conversation I have with a lot of people. I, I truly believe that our, um, especially the speakers I talk to, their sales process, they don't have a, they don't have a problem with their speech. They have a problem with their sales. They don't have enough times at bat. And it's the same thing for content. If you think that you can just post a couple times uh, a week and you're going to get something great, you got to create your own style. Look at uh, Mark Rober. Great, great YouTuber. Do you, I don't know if you watch Mark Rober. I don't know if I'm familiar with Mark. Mark, he does like a science and education channel. This guy has posted one, one uh, video per month. That, so it's 12 per year. And he talks about like building giant Nerf guns and stuff like that. Like it's just nerdy science stuff. I love it. But he goes against what everyone is saying. And it's, you got to create content that the thumbnail has to be perfect. And you have to like, just release a bunch of stuff. And it doesn't like, it all works. It all works. It's all about consistency. So I think if there's anything that I try to remind everyone is that it, you can create your market of one and you can go and create something like, super cool doing whatever you're doing. You just got to get out there and do, stay consistent, do more of it, find your voice. Yeah, it's a, it's really this battle of quality over quantity. And it's always, should I do quantity? Can you do both? Like, how can you find a way to, to figure out a way to still put out quality stuff consistently? Is there a number of videos or a cadence or a, if you're going to do it, at least do it this because I'll share what has happened and what we've seen people do is they batch up a lot of these videos and then they go hard and they're posting one a day, one a day, one a day, and yep. they don't necessarily get the results that they wanted and then it stops. And so right. I'm wondering if you posted 10 videos over 10 days, is that worth it to post 
a video every other day for three weeks or something that you've seen in the terms of the consistency and cadence that might help, especially somebody who is like looking to establish this sort of, of habit or system? Like I'll talk from my experience. So I used to post on LinkedIn twice a day, every single day. That was my thing. And I would do that. I would batch everything. I'd batch 14 posts uh, Monday morning or like it usually take half a day. This is when I discovered that I hated writing because I did it f- this for six months. But then what's really funny is when you start getting clients and you start to like time block yourself. So I think this whole idea of batching and creating a whole bunch of content, it's really easy to do that when you're not busy. Because what else are you going to you know, have your, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, like we wander downstairs, it's like 1030, it's like, ah, I'm going to get to work, start my day, have your coffee while you're creating content. And it's just like, what you think it's this wonderful nomad life, unless that's all you do. But generally speaking, that's not all people do. People are like trying to bring in coaching clients or stuff like that. Then all of a sudden you get busy and you got clients who want to talk to you on Monday morning. And you're like, well, that was my time to create content. It's okay. I'll do it Tuesday morning. And you're like, Damn it! On Tuesday morning, I have scheduled to do something else. Like I have to do my, I have to go and download the CRM and and, and set it all up and so. Oh, Wednesday morning, I'll say, oh no, wait, Wednesday, Wednesdays is my pickleball in the morning, and I got to remember on the afternoon. That's when I'm teaching my new VA. So all of a sudden, like when you batch content, I I, I know. I got too busy. I got too busy and I couldn't fit it in anymore because the work that I needed to get done the week before got front loaded into the next week. So I am now doing my strategy now is whenever I feel like it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, how, like you're not doing, it. but it's consistently whenever I feel about it. Like every day at some point, I'm just going to turn on the camera and do a live stream to Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm talking business. I'm just talking about what I learned the day before. It's nothing special. But all of a sudden, you start to see those numbers creep up. And it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing to like, oh, like who is watching me at 11 p.m. at night on a Saturday? I don't know. I guess I got some fans in Egypt. That, that that's where the numbers came. And, and so I think there was a time where consistency mattered so much and it may be different for podcasting. I, I'm not an expert in there, but just that content, like it's all the algorithm just throwing out what's good and no, some answers. No, just get it out there. Yeah. This has been really great, Cam. You've got your own show. You mentioned that you're, you're pretty active on social. If people want to get connected with you, go deeper in your world. Where's the uh, best place to do that? best place to connect is on LinkedIn. It's my favorite social network. And I'm trying to bring a bit of fun there too. Like I posted a picture of myself shirtless in the snow the other day. And if clients are going to be turned off by me and my character, then they're probably not people I want to work with either. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to, that we got to be a bit bold like that, I think, and, and shock people. So LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me. If you want tips on speaking or building a speaking business to thefrequentspeaker.com. Sign up for the newsletter. I give daily tips there, uh, recaps of my live show, and it's the best place to find me. Cam, this has been uh, really fun. Excited that we got a chance to have this conversation. For those of you guys who made it thus far, we would love and appreciate a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you know someone who is in the midst of scaling their business or thinking about starting one, thinking about getting into short form videos, send them this episode and uh, let's go to the tribe together. And go get connected with Cam, myself, and LinkedIn. Appreciate you being here as always. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, everyone.